world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. Lipstick Bodyguard. Fear no evil. Get yours today only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Broadcasting from behind the Second Amendment Iron Curtain in the shadows of the New York City skyline, this is Gun For Hire Radio, the voice of one million New Jersey gun owners, with your hosts, Sandy Berardi and Master Firearms Trainer, Anthony Calandra. Hi, from the land that freedom forgot the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation, locked down and melting down. Welcome to it. Uh, and I'm freaking out. Yes, you are. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so it's uh, week one of the lockdown for the gun range, and uh, I'm not happy. I don't know about anybody else happy. Uh, a couple of things going on, though. Uh, Phil Murphy held a press conference, and Alexander Rubian from NJ2AS went down and asked some hard questions, and uh, Murphy uh, basically said only cops should have guns. And wow. uh, Second Amendment businesses are non-essential. And then Rubian asked him, but you're protected, you know, because uh, the superintendent of state police, Pat Callahan, was seated to his left. And Rubian said, well, you're protected by police officers with guns on their hip. And Murphy goes, well, that's not my decision. So it's oh. not his decision to have armed security taxpayer pay 24-7. Oh, you're what the governor. jag off. Yeah, really. I mean, you're the governor. You could order them to, you know, go away. Correct. So a couple of things happened. Firearms Policy Conference, Second Amendment Foundation and NJ2AS launched a lawsuit against the state of New Jersey and Phil Murphy and Gruel and Patrick Callahan. And the next day, ANJRPC and the NRA launched a lawsuit and were asking for a temporary restraining order to let gun stores open again. It doesn't cover gun ranges, unfortunately, but it covers gun stores. And if we get temporary relief, a TRO or an injunction, they'll be able to stay open during the lawsuit. If the judges don't side with us at the Third Circuit, then by the time it goes to the Supreme Court, the corona probably should be over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it'll, it'll be long over. So uh, <clears throat> it's very, very interesting of what's going on in this world. I did a video, uh, a shaming video the other day, that when things open up again, because I have my finger on the pulse of what's going on in New Jersey out in the front and in the back. And I'm telling you right now, when things open up again, when you go to your gun store or you go to your gun range, you better ask those businesses what they do to support the two-way organizations that I just listed previously, Mm. because a lot of them have their heads in their asses and they don't do anything but bitch and complain. A lot of them don't step to the forefront like me. Obviously, I'm different. I have a huge target on my back, which is one of the reasons why I was deciding to stay open in defiance of the the executive order. And Knappen advised me that because I have a big target on my back, it could have long-term ramifications with fines. They might prevent me from reopening uh, when the coronavirus uh, passes. So I had to, uh, for the future of the business and my 70 employees, I had to make a decision to uh, continue to stay closed. But the inner Anthony wanted to uh, stick it in their faces, to be honest with you. Uh, But that's one of the risks that someone like me takes when you're out in the forefront fighting for everybody's rights. But I want all of you, all of you in New Jersey that are bitching, you know, you should all be members of ANGRPC, NRA, Firearms Policy Conference, NJ2AS, CNJFO. I mean, we've talked about this a million times. Mm -hmm. I see people posting online, I pay $35 a year dues. Why are the gun stores in Nick shut down? Yeah, that's not just going to cut it. We we, we need more donations Uh, and support. But what really pisses me off is the the gun stores and the gun ranges that aren't involved uh, in the Second Amendment fight. Again, their heads are in their asses. So when we reopen uh, the entire state, walk into your stores and ask them for proof 
Do they donate to the NRA? Do they belong to the NRA Business Alliance? Yeah. Are they a member club with ANJRPC? Do they send that $250 a year? Are they members of the National Shooting Sports Foundation who is fighting to get us all back open on a state-to-state -state basis? Mm. These are massive questions that need to be asked because we need to hold these other businesses accountable that ride on the coattails of people like me. Well, it's easy to do. <clears throat> yes, and uh, so I'm, I'm really pissed off. I'm tired of it. You know, I'm constantly, constantly answering questions from people. When are you reopening? Why is Nick's down? I posted a thing, NRA and NRPC. We needed plaintiffs. We needed people that had never owned a gun before and uh, were in the process of getting a gun and the Nick's and the, the COVID-19 shutdown affected them from getting their gun. Well, I posted that all over social media. We got over 100 plaintiffs. Oh, my goodness. And Dan picked one perfect one for our lawsuit, and I thanked everybody else for, for getting involved in it, you know. All of those people, they should all be members of the NRA, ANGRPC, NJ2AS, uh, CNJFO, and the Firearms Policy uh, Coalition. And, and as, if I didn't say SAF, I meant to say it. Because these are the people that are the front line. These lawsuits aren't cheap. Yeah, right, exactly. All right, you're spending thousands of dollars in ammunition to stockpile, and you want to buy your guns, but yet you're not part of the organizations that are kicking ass out there and taking the chances like I am. That's why I've been talking about the Support Those Who Support You initiative. I'm blown away. Richie Rotten bought a $500 gift certificate. Wow. Chris Ames renewed his platinum membership. George Y renewed his platinum membership. Mike Morano ordered a bunch of gun for higher swag. We, people, thousands and thousands of dollars of orders have come through the past seven days for gun for hire woodland park range i i'm extremely humbled that that people are doing that and I, i'm trying to do my part and give back i have 21 businesses mostly food that i started yesterday i started on social media you can find it on uh instagram gun for hire and my facebook fan page anthony calandro gun for hire of all of the businesses that support the range mm. and their owners support the second amendment right so i started a thing sandy called the quarantine crawl oh <laughs> that's good okay and I'm, I'm crawling around the state to all of these businesses and I'm shooting videos and I'm reposting their uh, their ads that their takeout delivery, uh, curbside delivery, they'll deliver to your house or whatever. And, and just to give some people a, a little uh, taste of who I'm pushing, Mr. Cupcakes, obviously a huge supporter, Bromelos Chocolate in town, all of the owners uh, shoot at the range and are 2A supporters. Great chocolate too. Yes, I was there yesterday, video to be posted. Pizza One in Wayne, My Salad in Wayne, Nino's Pizzeria in Harrison, A Little Cake in Ridgewood, Leo's a platinum member of the range, Vanessa's a gold member of the range, great people. The West Essex Diner in, in Fairfield. Wow, great uh, place, yeah. Yes, Moonshine Supper Club in uh, Summit. Uh, Viva Pizza right here in Woodland Park. Our buddy Marty's V-Burger. I was talking to Marty in New York. Sales are down 90%. Oh, Andy. my God. 90%. Oh, my God. Uh, Manhattan Bagel right here in Totowa. Rebar Kitchen uh, right uh, in, uh, God, I can't think of it. Rebar Kitchen is in Maywood, uh, right across the street from Harley-Davidson of Bergen County. Uh, Mesa 46 in Woodland Park. Our buddy Town Hall Deli down in South Orange. Matt Wonski, great guy. Village Green Restaurant in Wayne. Villaggio Restaurant in Wayne. Lakeside Diner up in West Milford area, Ringwood area. Yeah. De Novo uh, Italian Restaurant in Montclair. And they have another one in Ridgewood, I believe. Or Cliffside Park. Uh, the Barrow House in Clifton, Maggie's Town Tavern in uh, Little Falls, and Amore Restaurant in Woodland Park. So I'm going to be visiting all 21 of these. I'm not food shopping anymore. Yesterday I visited five places. Every day I'm going to be driving around, sometimes with Tracy. I'm going to be going there, ordering food, paying for it, and shooting a video with the uh, customers and or the owners because we all need to support the little guys right now. Amen. And while, and while I'm talking about that, uh, you know our buddy Roger and Chris Garrett from uh, Purely Water? Yes. 
they have this wonderful system, this filter, uh, uh, K5 BioPure filtration. Oh, wow. It removes 99.99999% of all viruses, like the coronavirus and everything. If you mention Gun for Hire Radio, you get a $200 discount. They reached out to me. Obviously, they're hurting too now because people don't want them to come into their house because everybody's yep. afraid of the spread right. of the of the media virus, virus or the pandemic, as we say. <laughs> so if you can't – what? You like that, the pandemic? <laughs> yeah, dude, I like that. So their website is purelywater.com, purelywater.com. They're in New Jersey. They're in northern New Jersey. And talk to Roger or Chris uh, and and these guys if you have a filtration system they'll upgrade it if you don't have a filtration system and you know Sandy you're you're a marine biologist or whatever it is uh, <laughs> UV disinfection water softening gets rid of arsenic and uranium wow. uh, and you know bottled water is expensive plastic yes, bottles is. are bad for the environment you don't have to lug them home they will put a filtration system in for you that is better than any any bottled water or filtration system in the world. So purelywater.com, I really, really recommend that you support those who support you in this time of need. And they're great, guys. Yes. Again, I'm humbled. I also posted another thing. Uh, USA Today is offering a free service. Anybody Mm. out there listening, if you have a business that offers gift certificates, you can go on, just Google USA Today gift certificates. It's nationwide. And you can list your business and put the website link that sells gift cards. Oh, wow. That's great. And Yeah, and they've launched a national initiative to get people to visit that. You can put your zip code or your town in, and you can see what local businesses that are hurting right now. Oh, I don't know man. how many of these restaurants or small businesses are going to recover. I mean, how, how do you feel uh, yeah, about it's, that? Uh, it's absolutely true because how long can you sustain? You, you still have all of your fixed expenses to pay, even if your salaries, uh, salaries are diminished, even if your people are on unemployment or whatever. But if you're continuing to pay your people, like many, many small businesses are, or some of them just can't afford to do that, you still have your fixed expenses overhead. You have your mortgages, you have your rent payments, you have your utility payments that are still coming, and nobody's going to take a seat behind you. And none of this six or seven or eight or $10 trillion package is going to help those small businesses. End the statement. 100%. So... Uh, whatever you can do, if, like I said, if you're getting money, if you're a government worker or you're an office worker and you're still getting paid, you're working for one of the big guys, the Fortune 5000 companies or something, uh, as long as you have that income stream, if you can support these small businesses, listen, Amazon's going to survive. Best yeah, Buy is going right, to survive. McDonald's right. is going to survive. And the list is endless. Mm. But those little guys, those guys that donated to your charities, right? you know, those guys that made up baskets right. or whatever uh, – so my the mayor of my town reached out and asked me if I had any personal protection equipment mm. because the town was at an all-time low. And I went and I donated well, 1,095 uh, masks. Oh, that's fantastic. And uh, they were down to 25 masks. Be, be, oh, my God. Uh, for the police department, the fire department, and the EMTs, they were down literally down to 25 masks. And I brought uh, 1,000 masks down. And uh, then I had a few other people reach out and ask for masks, and I, and, I, and I sent some out to some people, 10 or 15, who were nurses or someone whose father had cancer and they needed masks or whatever. But, you know, that's what us gun people do. Yeah. We, we, we pay it forward and we help the commu- community. I mean, we need the masks here for when we're cleaning up and stuff, but I figured I'll worry about that later. I kept a few hundred to get us back up and running, Mm. but, you know, what the hell, give back to the community. And it's funny because the fire department, the ambulance squad, the police department, and the mayor, they all posted my donation, and I got a ton of feedback from people in the town. And I'm sure a lot of people in the town are not fans of Gun for Hire in the Woodland Park range, but... You know, it lets them see a little a little bit of another side of us that we're not all these uh, evil monsters out there. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, but you know that that made me feel uh, really really good that we uh, that we did that. And uh, you know, anything you can do out there to help people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been. What happened was I shopped for my parents and I leave the stuff in their garage. Yeah. 
And then I live in an over 55 community. I'm only 59 and walking the dog and a lot of people are out. I have a few older people. I have one woman in chemotherapy. So I bought her uh, soft soap. I got her eggs. You know, every day I, I run to the store and I'm like, what do you guys need? So it keeps me busy too because I'm stir crazy. Yeah, you're right. You're going out of your mind. Yeah, yeah anything that any of us can do to to help somebody would is, is very, very, um, you know, very heartfelt for sure. Um, and, but I want to ask you now, Sandy, now I'm, I'm reading that a lot of these infectious disease specialists are changing the model, especially the, that Imperial, uh, data one. It, it looks like it's not going to be the pandemic that was, uh, pr projected and predicted. Do you have any thoughts or feelings on that? I do. I've, I've got a few. The, the thing is, is you have to really understand that, that, any model that you use or any model that comes out is not really based on on what's happening on the ground because we just don't know what's happening on the ground. So the models that – all of the models will likely turn out to be wrong in some way or another because they, they rely on the very strong assumptions about – aspects of the disease and the way the disease spreads and the and and the etiology of the disease that we just don't know yet so we we were always taught early on you know we've talked about this you and i have talked about this a number of times in other the application of this in other aspects is you never believe the first report the first report is usually always wrong and you know, unfortunately, that's what a lot of governments, including ours, uh, but a lot of local governments went on these numbers that came out of that uh, study that were just completely, you know, look, it, the problem, I think, with the news media is, is that they don't read the entire report. The, Imper uh, the Imperial College report that came out, everybody took the worst case scenario, which did not in uh, account for any mitigation or any suppression of any kind of the public and ran with the worst numbers they could. And even that, uh, and again, I'm not defending the data from it. it it's kind of, to me, it's a little spurious to begin with. But even the worst case scenario, they looked at the worst case scenario and they went with it. They said 500,000 Brits are going to die. Two million Americans are going to die as a result of this. I'm looking at what's going on on the ground and I'm shaking my head, as are so many of the, of the, the, ex, the true experts at um, you know, WHO and NIH and CDC, that, that what we're seeing on the ground does not uh, – even come close to supporting any of the facts. The fact of the matter is, at this point in time, the attack rate everywhere in the country is still, everywhere in the world, is still, has never gone past one to a thousand. So that means that uh, it kind of boils down to like out of every thousand people, one person will be affected. Uh, you know, and... and we're not seeing that. That does not support a lot of the data. We could talk more about this a little bit later, but uh, right now we got to pretty much prepare for the break. I don't want to go on break. <laughs> I know. We've been on break now for like uh, <laughs> for, for like almost two weeks now. I'm right? freaking the fuck out. Yeah, no, it's not good. <laughs> All, right. All right. We'll be back. I want to tell you about my friend Katie. Katie is a nurse and she was attacked on her way home from work. She was totally taken by surprise. And although Katie is only five feet tall and 106 pounds, she was easily able to drop her six foot four, 250 pound attacker to his knees and get away unharmed. Katie wasn't just lucky that day. She was prepared. In her pocketbook, a harmless looking lipstick, which really contained a powerful man-stopping aerosol propellant. It's not like it was in our grandmother's day. Today, just going to and from work or to the mall can have tragic consequences. The FBI says a violent crime is committed every 15 seconds in the United States, and a forcible rape happens every five minutes. And chances are, when something happens, no one will be around to help. It looks just like a lipstick, so no one will suspect a thing. 
which is important since experts say getting the jump on your attacker is all about the element of surprise. Inside this innocent looking lipstick is the same powerful stuff used by police and the military to disarm even the most powerful armed aggressor. In fact, National Park Rangers use the very same formula that's inside this little lipstick to stop 2,000 pound vicious grizzly bears dead in their tracks. It's like carrying a personal bodyguard with you in your purse or your pocket. Darkness brings danger. Muggers and rapists use darkness to their advantage. We all know what it's like to be walking at night and hear footsteps coming at us from behind. Who's there? If it's somebody bad, will you be protected? Your life may depend on it. My friend Katie's close call needs to be a wake-up call for all of us, myself included. Pick up a lipstick bodyguard and keep it with you always. becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. And what better way to say I love you than giving the ones you love a gift to keep them safe? Lipstick Bodyguard. It looks just like a beautiful little lipstick, but just like a beautiful woman, it has the power to bring a grown man to his knees. Lipstick Bodyguard. Fear no evil. Get yours today only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Just follow the link on the GunForHireRadio.com homepage. Okay, some housekeeping. Again, while you guys are home and uh, caged like lions like me, <laughs> uh, follow Ants Rants on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube. Make sure you get some reviews out there for Gun for Hire Woodland Park Range, Google, TripAdvisor, Yelp, and Facebook now. We would appreciate it. When all of this shit passes, ShootersGauntlet.com will be back open. Bob Ramo, our guys up at 2AMYS are, uh, are still alive and well. NJ2AS, CNJFO, and the NRA. And don't forget, we have the NJ2Asanctuary.com. That sanctuary movement is still rolling. So... So New York, New Jersey, and other liberal cities have taken it upon themselves to stop the spread of COVID. They're releasing uh, what they can deem low-risk inmates from the prisons nice. onto the streets. New, New Jersey, over 1,000 prisoners has, have been released. But and, you, don't, you don't need guns. No, the gun stores are closed. You can't buy ammo. The law-abiding citizens are on lockdown and can face gruel... The AG in New Jersey basically said if you get caught uh, partying or out outside of curfew and stuff, it could be 12 months in jail and up to a $1,000 fine. <laughs> so, wait, wait. But you could probably rob a bank right now and nobody's going to stop you because everybody's afraid of getting the corona. <sighs> is it unbelievable? Just don't, just don't congregate as bank robbers. That's all. Yeah, so so they they release the prisoners and lock up the law abiding citizens. Yes, it makes perfect sense. Perfect right? sense. Yes, and they're. I world. don't. I'm telling you, Sandy, progressives and socialists—they're like a forest fire. They burn everything in their path. Everything. <laughs> yes. I mean, scorched earth. These are coming from people that are protected twenty four seven by armed security, live behind walls that us taxpayers fund and pay for. The hypocrisy. I don't understand how people don't wake up wouldn't it be better to contain the prisoners in case they do have the covid rather than let them back well, in the streets you already have a self-contained unit i mean other than the guards coming in and out and even if the guards wore masks during the entire time that very few people go in and out of prisons i would imagine right I mean, that's why they're prisons but you wouldn't have to i understand from the standpoint of a prison health system one or two cases would completely overwhelm it, but deal with it as as you see fit. I mean, it's the same as the flu. Like I said, the, the attack rates, we're going to find later on that, you know, when all this is washed out and all the data comes to life, once we start to test people in general, uh, you know, once these tests, the, the, the uh, immunoglobulin tests, the IgG, IgM tests start making it the point of care, um, 
and doctors can test you with a little finger stick, you know, like they're doing with AIDS and that sort of a thing right now, even with the, even with the uh, regular flu. Once we find that and we, when we see the actual numbers, we're going to be a lot, you're going to find that pretty much we're dealing with the same kind of rates as the seasonal flu or below. So, I mean, yet we're not shutting down we're not shutting down cities over the flu and the flu deaths are outnumbering the coronavirus deaths still 10 to 1 in the state of New Jersey. But you don't see, uh, you know, uh, NewJersey.com or whoever it is uh, out in front of hospitals asking how many people died today of the flu. Every news article starts with corona, who died, who's yeah. sick, who tested yeah. positive. The hysteria the media is, is creating is beyond criminal. We talk about this all the time, and I mean, it's, you know, it boils down to the old news adage, if it bleeds, it leads. Look, it it, it, it is very simple. Um, it's a matter of dollars and cents. Uh, and right now, you know, for, as, all aside, uh, you know, the, the fear mongering all aside, it, 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 it comes down to the facts that it's all about eyes, ears, clicks and the money that it represents. If the, um, you know, marketers know this fear sells. It's a, mm-hmm. you know, it's a basic human nature that's like pre-programmed into our genes that, uh, you know, we know this. Governments know this. They employ armies of neuropsychologists in governments just to craft propaganda that's going to scare the crap out of people so they go along with whatever the government wants them to go along with. You know, um, it's amazing. Like, the media hype is so bad, yet I go to the supermarket, it's full of people. Yeah. Uh, you know, and people are touching money and people touching boxes and not everybody's wearing gloves. And like you said, gloves aren't really a protective thing if you don't know how to put them on or take them off or use them. So, I mean, our governor has deemed essential businesses bicycle repair shops. Come on. Yeah. It was specifically listed, bicycle repair shops. Well, that, because that's the left, right? They're all, I mean, anything that could, look at this bill that they're going to be jamming down our throat. How much pork is in there for windmills and for, for New York Metropolitan uh, Museum and uh, $25 million, uh, $35 million just for the, for the Kennedy Center. Seven and a half million for cleaning the Smithsonian libraries. <laughs> What? $25 million raises for Congress. Right, right. I mean, this is unbelievable. It, they, they should be shamed and shamed. I, I, I'm kind of disappointed with Trump, but I under, I kind of understand. I, I do and I don't understand the, the politics of it because I'm not a politician. I don't really care. The two of us would make the worst politicians in the world. Um, <laughs> you know. We would never get anything done, and we'd have to enact some sort of total tyranny thing. <laughs> that would be about it. You know, uh, yeah, it's full of pork. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain to you, uh, for our listeners, I consider our listeners, and I make fun of you all, I make fun of myself. You want to talk about the low information and no information voter. So I get all of the info at Gun for Hire emails. I get all the text messages that come through our website and all the text messages that come to us through uh through Google Messenger, I've received in the past seven days over 300 messages. Why are you closed? When will you be open? What date will you be open? What's going on? I came there and you guys were closed. How do people not know what's going on? It's pretty much indicative of the world in general. Am I right or wrong? Yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely right. What's what's hilarious is you've got all the New Yorkers who now are are, are f- you know fleeing out of the city, going to their summer homes and going to their mountain homes and their shore homes and and going to places like South Carolina and North Carolina to to visit relatives, bringing the greatest hotspots with them. So, <laughs> I read an article in a Wall Street Journal and New York Times that. Like during the winter, the Hamptons are empty, yeah, right? The right. only people are there are, are the serfs, right. the gardeners, the maids, right. whatever, you know. And all of the rich people with their families fled out to the Hamptons. 
and they completely knocked all the shelves clean. Yeah. All of the grocery stores yep. out there. Uh, they talked to uh, someone that worked at a cashier in one of the local grocery stores. One family came in and spent $8,000. <laughs> okay. And the locals can't even get a carrot. Yeah. Right. They can't get toilet paper. Stuff is being trucked out now. The supply chain is catching up. But there's nothing more repulsive than rich socialists, Sandy. It's it, it's happening all along the shore area to all the shore towns and everything else where they're, they've overrun the towns and they're doing exactly that. And they're coming in and they're clearing out the shelves. They're just buying everything up on, on the shelves. And the worst part about it is uh, we had a, a message, you know, on the the. the multi-million dollar telemessage system that's part of the Patriot Act um, from the police department begging people and, and again, it's not the local people who are wearing masks and gloves going into the stores, coming out, taking off their masks and gloves and throwing them in the parking lot. Mm -hmm. I saw pictures all over the place. The mayor of Woodland Park posted pictures in the in the strip malls and stuff, Unbelievable. and outside Fairway Market where the gloves are all laying on the floor, oh, it's on, on the ground. In and the who's, who's going to clean that up? Number Correct. one, and now you're 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 creating a huge public health hazard. But they only care about themselves. Exactly. So we really don't care. We just care about ourselves. This no. is the society we're in today. Yeah, and then new. the media is the 24-hour news cycle. Every two minutes, it's another coronavirus tragedy, coronavirus tragedy. Yeah. Our entire country is shut down. Yeah. We were we were steamrolling in this country with unemployment rates, GDP, oil, and everything. And now they're, they're all in their... They're secluded enclaves in Manhattan and out in the Hamptons and stuff, giggling that they ruined Trump's economy. Yeah, yeah. And it is absolutely a meltdown. You know, there's, and what, what's amazing too is, you know, like I said, and part of it is dollars and cents because the networks, the, the networks or websites, uh, the, the news never makes money. It's a drain on the network. It, it's always been that way, except in times of war and types of crisis. They never want to let this go away. And then you've got the leftist side of it that w really wants to bring Trump down. But uh, what bothers me more than anything else is the damage that they do, like the fake news that comes out. The New York Times uh, yesterday put out a – they published – it hit the New York Times. They just – they took a tweet that was from an anonymous kind of source that said there was a hospital in Long Island or somewhere that had no ventilators. They've, they've purged past their ventilator use and people were dying and the hospitals were issuing DNR, do not resuscitate orders to, uh, you know, to, to decide uh, on a death panel who's going to live and who's going to die because they don't have enough respirators. Absolute bullshit. It was completely bogus. And it hit, you know... You saw it happening. I've, I've got like sort of a inside baseball sort of a look at a lot of this. And the people at CDC were like out of their minds with what was going on. And I have to I have to really give it to, um, you know, Dr. Burks the other day. She came out and la uh, during the press conference last night and really chastised the media in I saw it. whatever way she could could you know but um of like this is insane waking up in the morning and hearing this and then there's absolutely no report of it on the ground but they just report it because they never have to retract it at that point because it gets it does what they needed to do it gets eyes on their site and it adds to the what can we attack trump for today type of thing so the uh the major media the mainstream media, the sleaze, they're uh, contemplating stop airing uh, Trump's daily press briefings because they feel it's more of a campaigning uh, standpoint for him uh, because it's a presidential election year. I mean, I, talk about shooting yourself in the foot, right? <laughs> I mean, that's the, the that's the degree that these people will go to at this point that they're shooting themselves in their own foot, cutting their own noses off just to make sure because they got a 12 share. That's what the problem was. Everybody was pinned to it because everybody's sitting on the couch thanks to them and doing nothing. So, of course, they're watching this thing. So here's the analogy. I saw a meme once uh, about the way people hate uh, Trump and the uh, the government that's in charge now is a person sitting in a plane up in 30,000 square, uh, 30,000 feet high saying, I hate this pilot. I hope the plane crashes. <laughs> it's so true. 
It's so true. That's exactly what's going on. And they don't care. No, they don't care. They'd rather they'd rather it burn to the ground. That like they think they're gonna survive because they're the because they're the chosen, the elites or whatever. They really do. They think they're going to survive and everybody else is gonna suffer. Meanwhile, who's been supplying the country? Who's been growing stuff? Who's been trucking it to get the toilet paper to the to the right. Wegman so you can right. wipe your ass? Right. 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 It's the little guy. Yep. Right. It's middle America. It's the forgotten 65 million people that Trump connected with to get elected. This is the very people they're trying to crush. Yeah. You want to be holding everything from China. We buy all our drugs from China. We buy all our N95 masks from China. Everything. Right. How's that working out? Yeah, exactly. How's that working exactly. out now? Our political right. class, the elites, the repulsives, they sold us out. Okay, for profiteering for themselves and their families. And here we are now suffering. We're suffering. And people just don't get it. This is the same people that are sending me messages. Why are you closed? (laughs) Yes, exactly. Who have their heads square up their behinds all the time. It just it's it's frightening how little the public knows about anything. It's 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 fucking stupid. It really is fucking stupid. I just I'm so frustrated. Everybody's in lockdown. Everybody's people are trying to work from home. I can't work from home. I have nothing to do work from home. That's why I'm crawling around the quarantine crawl at all of these places. And again, I'm so humbled by everybody that supports us at Gun for Hire. This is three weeks now. I haven't gotten a uh, haircut and I look like a dirty hippie. Anybody have a lightly used Floby laying around? <laughs> Seriously, what am I going to do here? I know it's terrible, right? I know it's the same thing. I I text message to the uh, girl who cuts my hair and I said, "Hey, what what do you feel about me coming over to your house and you cut my damn hair because like it's a, I look like a I look like 1970 all over again. But but it's amazing. Now, I you know, I posted something negative that liquor stores are essential, but gun stores aren't essential. And an emergency room doctor uh, posted a message saying, we're overloaded in the hospitals right now. The last thing we need is people coming in with alcohol withdrawals oh, to yeah. jam up the uh, emergency rooms. Uh, oh, I never absolutely. thought of that. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm retracting yeah. my statement yeah. there, okay, my uh, my criticism of keeping liquor stores open yeah. just to educate the rest of you out there because I see a lot of people posting the same thing. But I can understand it from a medical uh, perspective. You don't want the, all of a sudden, you know, it, like St. Joe's over here in Patterson right. area, right. you don't want 60 people showing up going for alcohol withdrawal, right? right. Exactly. So I'll, I'll agree with that one for now. But bicycle shops are essential. No, I don't think so. Really, really. I mean, I can see construction is essential. You want to yep. keep things going or whatever, but but this this has to end, Sandy. I mean, can't we have a modified lockdown where high risk people are locked down and normal people can go out and like ninety five percent of the people that died in New York all had something else, you know? Right. And that that imperial data that woman said they probably would have died anyway this year, even if they didn't contract the Do- coronavirus. Yeah, Doctor Gupta, we can talk about Dr. that. Gupta. Yeah, when we come back, please the, lead off with Gupta. Gupta. Yeah, and when you see the, the big thing to to kind of understand is there's a difference in the in, in in you know in a public health sort of a policy. You're dealing with one of two ways. That there are more, but one of two main ways: mitigation and suppression. And what you're talking about right now is a mitigation model. And I think that's where Trump is like sort of hitting for where you actually take the people who are at the highest risk and those people you sequester and those people you say, okay, listen, keep your social distancing. You take people who are over say 65, 75, 85, who have comorbidities, uh, lung disease, heart disease, diabetes, things, things that we know are going to contribute to a problem. And let them sequester themselves. Everybody else, the younger people who are are healthier, and if the if the if the if the attack rates remain where they are, letting them go back to work and and resume life as normal, and hope for a herd immunity situation. Um, that's probably more where I think it's probably going to be headed. If uh, the media is not going to allow it, well, Trump came yeah. out and said he wants to get this country back to work before Easter. They all attacked him that he's reckless and he's stupid. Yeah, Meanwhile, yeah. Andrew Harpo Cuomo came out and said we may have overshot with this self quarantine in New York City <laughs> exactly. and in New York. Right? He reached, he said that yesterday. Yes, because he doesn't want to, and he'll of course take uh, credit for it and they'll support him. But uh, yeah, because that's really probably where it needs to be. Um, well, you know, let's take a break and we'll be right back and let's talk more about this. 
For many people walking into a range the first time, it's quite intimidating. So when you walk in through the double doors, the first thing you'll see on your left is a concierge. When people walk in, they can take a tour of the range, or maybe they're coming in for an appointment with one of my instructors or me, and they'll be directed to the right classroom. It kind of softens the entire experience. It makes people feel more at home. As you walk further into the range, you're going to notice we have New Jersey's only indoor 50-yard range, which is heated and air-conditioned. The dividers at each port are bulletproof. They're extra-wide ports so two people can stand side-by-side side and shoot. There's lights in the ports so you're well-lit. We also have three times as much light down range that the average range would have because I believe it's important that the targets are well-lit. Our target retrieval system is all digital. You program how many feet you want to send it out, and it stays there. Both of our ranges are tactically baffled, which means when we run our higher level courses, you can move forward to the firing line and shoot in any direction, and bullets can't escape. When you come out of the 50-yard range, to your left, you'll see our large classroom, and go back up to the concierge and make a right. We have two smaller classrooms. And those classrooms are for small one-on-one -on -one classes, our Build-A-Bear, building an AR. As you enter through there, you'll see that we have a uh, portal with a key to go into our Platinum Lounge. They can sit around and watch TV on the leather uh, chairs or couches, and they can maybe work deals with their uh, clients. And you normally don't see a cafe in an indoor range. In New Jersey, we have this archaic law where you're only supposed to go from your house to the range, range to the house with no unnecessary deviations. I'm seeing a lot more families coming in now where they have multiple kids and the wife will stay in the cafe with one or two kids and they'll do a handoff. To me it's very important that people are treated like family so the bathrooms are very high end. We use marble and corian and really nice tile and full length dividers so that people are comfortable when they come in. When you exit the bathroom you'll see the Gun For Hire radio studio where Sandy and I tape our show. After you pass that and you make a left you'll notice our retail area over 120 firearms for rent. As you turn 180 degrees, you see the large sections of bulletproof glass. That's our 25-yard range. And inside our 25-yard range, we have 13 ports. Those ports are even wider than the 50-yard range. Both ranges have full-time range safety officers. In case you have any questions or concerns, they're there to help you. With the news, events, and political shenanigans impacting your freedom, you're listening to Gun For Hire Radio, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. So talk to us about Gupta, and then I have a great uh, stir-crazy uh, learning and practicing tips to help get you through this shit. Well, the um, Dr. Uh, uh, Sinatra Gupta, she's from Oxford University. She's a... Uh, uh, an epidemiologist at Oxford and you know she just came out and, and basically said you know that she's she can't understand why uh everybody's just taking this imperial model that came out in the beginning and just as as if it's you know just unqualified acceptance of it right but her team believes that pretty much half of britain has already been infected with this virus and um that most people are not showing any signs or symptoms well I mean, that's probably a safe bet. Um, you know, I don't know as if there's there's no data right now that to support uh, a decision, uh, you know, my decision one way or the other. But I would say probably, you know, that's where this this whole once we get these tests and w what's surprising uh, me personally is it's not surprising me. It's just astounding me at how quickly the scientific community is moving at this point and, and kudos to them. And a, a lot of the people that were working behind the scenes, getting these tests developed and, and getting the test manufactured and out and the lab technicians who are performing these tests, they're, these are the unsung heroes of, of the things that are going on behind the scenes. The ER doctors who are facing this stuff head on, the, the nurses and the staff that's there, the EMTs, the people, these are the people who really need our support. Uh, and, and they're not getting nearly enough credit. I mean, the politicians are just really, 
overblowing this whole thing. Like I said, I think once once it happens where we get point of care tests, where your doctor actually can give you this test in in uh, uh, in their office when you come in with symptoms or or even without symptoms, and we start testing more people who have no who are, who are you know without symptoms, you're going to start to see um, that this is a very common thing. Uh, data coming, the data I read uh, just the other day. Uh, I read a I read a study. Let me just see here who did it if I have any. But basically, um, and this is a little geeky here. All right, but you know I get a lot of questions. You know from people who are like, "Oh, do you think this thing was made and somebody made this sort of thing?" and 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 it was engineered as a as a as a weaponized virus. Um, my response pretty much is the same to everybody. If it was. It was a pretty piss poor effort at doing it because <laughs> it's just not just not doing the thing that it is. They they did there was kind of a kind of fun shit that came out. Um they're they're finding they're looking at this as being um what we'll call a you know, a chimera, uh which is kinda of like a an organism from uh that has two different genotypes. Um it's kind of two different viruses that got together in a way. Um one is from a a bat, a really weird, uh, um, you know, a genus of a bat, and the other one is from this even weirder, like anteater looking critter that um, they call a uh, what the hell is it called? Uh, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right. A, a pangolin or pangolin? Is it good eating? I don't know. It doesn't look it. It looks it's just scaly sort of an anteater that rolls up in a ball, um, but that and it comes from China, of course, and. Um, they found two different viruses. Uh, one is a, you know, uh, close to that uh, SARS COVID one, and the other one is, you know, that came from a bat, and the other one uh, is uh, one that came from this pangolin thing. Well, the interesting part about it is the one from the isolated one, the one that's isolated from a bat, does not have the ability to infect humans. But uh, the one from that weird ass anteater thing does. Yeah. Really? So it's kind of like it, these two things got together and made a new virus. Viruses do what viruses do. They they want to replicate. That's their whole thing. They don't want to necessarily. They don't. They don't want to kill the host. They don't want to cause you to die. the The, the main goal is look like the common cold. Uh, you the virus is very happy with the common cold because it makes you miserable and sick but you still go out you still go out and spread the the virus you still uh um you know go to work or or carry on social activities or whatever and it it's very happy because it gets to jump to many 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 hosts um h1n1 uh is, is still around it makes people sick um you know it is nothing like it used to be in 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 uh you know 1918 um it still comes back every single year. It's part of the flu that uh, 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 is part of that seasonal flu. And yet, you know, this thing is just kind of, I, I don't know what all the, I honestly don't know. I, the data does not support the, 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 the panic. Uh, and especially the, the, the responses with the $6 trillion and 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 making what are we going to do with these hundreds of thousands of respirators that we're buying? <laughs> I, I, I I I just don't know. I, I it's 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 crazy. What do we do with all this shit? Uh, it's I crazy. I do have one little bit bit of um, stuff to say. Uh, there's a um, it's this is from the ENTs, and again, I know we have a lot of doctors and nurses listening. So this this comes from like the ENTs, and this is for you know people to listen, uh, but don't get completely out of your mind. Um, one of the early symptoms that they're starting to see right now in Europe and in a lot of places is um, a loss of a sense of smell and taste, which is not really surprising because that also happens with the flu and later on with the flu sometimes. Um, a diminished sense of smell and taste is one of the early symptoms, even though the patient might be uh, asymptomatic at that point uh, for, for all, uh, all uh, other intents and purposes, you know, considered asymptomatic and normally you just treat them and treat them or just send them home. And I think the uh, thing is that to maybe take a, a closer look now. So report that if you, you know, if you have some symptoms or don't have any symptoms, you're just feeling kind of crappy and you did have a period where, um, 
you know, if you normally have taste and smell um, and uh, not a diminished sense, then all of a sudden you don't have that. Like nothing tastes right anymore or um, your sense of smell is off or you can't smell things. Uh, you know, that's something to report to your doctor. It does not mean that you are in, uh, that are going to start any major symptoms. I mean, there are plenty of other reasons for you to not have a diminished, to, to have a diminished sense of uh, test. Okay. Uh, so you're home. You're start crazy. What I'm going to talk about now is some things you can practice at home. And first disclaimer is triple check the firearm is empty. Triple check your magazines are empty. Triple check that there is no ammo in the room where you're doing this training, basement, living room, dining room, or whatever. Triple check everything first. So there's a lot of muscle memory and trigger control exercises we can do during this uh, corona media pandemic. <clears throat> Couple of things. What I used to do was I used to live in an apartment. So I used to throw a blanket, a crappy blanket down on the bed. And I would stand with my uh, legs touching the bed, like the side of the bed with the blanket in front of me. And I would practice my workstation. I would practice magazine changes. I would practice racking the slide, target acquisition, and uh, trigger control, follow through, sight picture, the whole bit. You can put a little post-it or a picture of your mother-in-law or something up on the wall on the other side. <laughs> but these are things that you can do. Uh, you can practice if you want to practice holster drawing again you're going to triple check that everything is uh, unloaded you can put your holster on and what I used to do why I used to stand against the bed with the mattress uh, there and a blanket on it Sandy was because I would just practice dropping my mag and inserting a new mag dropping my mag and because I'm fat and old I didn't want to bend down and pick the magazines up repetitiously off the floor yeah so you can practice this, whether you're using a red dot, a laser, iron sights, whatever you want to do. Now, I'm talking handgun. Obviously, you could do this with a long gun, too. But you can practice dry firing. You can practice workstation. You can practice all of these muscle memory and target acquisitions. Do it two or three times a day. Break that stuff out. Triple check that it's all empty. There's no ammo in the room. Uh, if you're a reloader, now's a good time to make four or five million rounds of ammunition. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, now's a good time to clean all of your guns and check everything, go through all of your equipment. Now would be a great time to make sure you don't have any contraband, magazines over 10 rounds, et cetera, et cetera. Mm, yeah. Right? Now would be a good time to go through and organize. It would also be a good time that you want to make sure that you, you have a nice stockpile of ammunition and equipment. And if you don't, make a list now so when this panic is over and the uh, stores are filled again, you can start to replenish. Now, I've said this a million times and I'm going to say it again. I learned this from my master, Masada Yu. My favorite ammo for stockpiling is 22 long rifle. And the reason is, is for under $20, you can get a brick of 500. Mm. 22 ammo can be shot from a rifle and can be shot from a handgun. Now, not that 22 ammo is a great self-defense round, but if somebody was on your front porch trying to break in, if you shot them 10 times with 22 long rifle, they might slow down. Obviously, the crippling effect of 22 long rifle is this doesn't have the knockdown power. It doesn't have the tissue disruption like a 45 or a 40 or a 9 or a 38. But Masada Yubi used to talk about this all the time. Every time you go to a gun show or go to a gun store, every few months you got a couple extra bucks, buy a brick of 22. Before you know it, you have 10 bricks. You have 5,000 rounds of ammo. He used to tout that if the shit ever hits the fan, it could be used as currency. Yeah, right, sure. Right? And everybody should own like a Ruger 1022. Everybody should own like a Browning Buckmark or a Smith & Wesson, uh, you know, a 22 revolver or, you know, there's so many variations of 22s out there. It's a great gun to teach your kids with, to teach new shooters with, uh, but just to own 22 LR, you'd all feel a lot better now if you had 100 rounds of 9, 100 rounds of 12 gauge buckshot and if you had 5,000 rounds of 22 ammunition, you wouldn't be freaking out like a lot of people are right now. Uh, that 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 they really are. So think about that. Think about what you can do while you're home. Go through your inventory. Clean all your stuff. Get all your stuff ready to go again. Clean those bags out. You know, now's a good time to go through your go bags. 
Mm. Uh, what do I have in my emergency go bags? What do I have right. for emergency food and water? Take stock in an inventory. Make a little note in a Word document. Uh, what was I short on? Okay, there was a toilet paper shortage, so I should probably always have a case of toilet paper in the queue that I don't count as having. Right. right, right. Uh, baby wipes. Uh, maybe uh, what's the what's the stuff you use on your hands to clean your hands? Uh, uh, hand sanitizer, the alcohol hand sanitizer. Hand yeah. How about when when the shelves are full again? How about buying one of those big refill bottles? Yeah, right. You know, and putting this all in one area in your house, your room, your closet, whatever you want to do. But start to reflect now, because listen, everybody locked down so easy with this uh, pandemic. It's going to happen again. Of course. Yeah. You do not need any warning to know that this is going to happen again. So everybody out there, especially in the gun community, you all should be prepared. All right. So go through your stuff, like I said, and I want you to just reflect, make a stock. You know what I mean? Uh that's 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 my learning segment to everybody. Now remember when you're dry firing, pretend it's just like a live gun. Stance, grip, trigger control, sight picture, breath control, follow through, squeeze the trigger, follow up on that squeeze, slowly release it, take your finger off the trigger, relax, but do not release your grip, take a deep breath, come back up, acquire your target again, do it again. If it's a reset gun like a Glock or something, keep your dominant hand. Your strong hand on the gun, take your support hand, come down and just rack the slide a little bit to reset the trigger and then get your two hand grip up and come up and slowly squeeze the trigger and do it over and over and over and over again. You can do this. And let me tell you something. When you come to the range, before you fire, set up in a port, dry fire like five times and then load that gun up five rounds at a time. And acquire your target and squeeze the trigger and let me know if you see a, an improvement. You're building muscle memory, making that trigger finger stronger. Now's a great time to practice offhand shooting techniques, okay? Support hand. How about practicing half the day with your, with your support hand? How many people even do that? Right. If you have snap caps at home, if you have dummy rounds, you can practice loading and reloading and mag changes and everything. If You could probably still get those online. There's probably not a run on those. Yeah, pro yeah probably most people don't even. Yeah. So these are the things I want you to do because I don't, I, hopefully this doesn't go on more than another week. I don't know if, uh, if I'm going to make it another week, to be honest with you. And I don't know if the economy is going to make it another two weeks. Do you feel anything, Sandy? Do you have any feeling, a gut feeling? Not something anybody's going to hold you to, but well, do I, you have a gut feeling? Do you think this is going to go a month? I, yeah, we, you're, you're going to see. We haven't peaked yet. Um, but here's the problem is – most of the cases, 50% of the cases in the, in the country right now or more, and it's going to be higher, are, are coming out of the New York metro area, uh, New York, North, North Jersey, Rockland County, um, Long Island. And you're going to start to see that once the testing here, – here's the whole thing. I don't know what the media is going to do with this, but we've talked about this over and over and over again, I mean, for weeks now. Once the testing starts to happen, the number of cases will go up. It's because you're testing asymptomatic and mildly symptomatic people where you did not do that before. So if you issue millions and millions and millions of tests, look at what happened in the past week or so. We went – we are now the – most quote unquote infected country in the world. Well, we've just tested more than everybody else has. So of course those numbers are going to go up. Do not fall prey to what's going on in the media is look, try, please don't hear what I'm not saying. Is this a deadly disease? Yes. Yes, it is. But so is the flu. And, and I'm not, making light of that more people will die today of the flu times 10 than will die of this COVID-19. How deadly this thing is. We don't know. We won't know for a long time. Will this peak? I, it will peak, you know, I'm going to stick by what I was looking at before, probably mid to late April, as far as a peak period here in the U S um, but that could change. It Mid will to late April. And again, that's without 
without suppression and mitigation. You know, we talked about before, we're in a suppression mode right now where everybody is locked down in most parts of the country. Um, they just locked down New Hampshire yesterday. I mean, it's, you know, a little late to the party, but what's happening is, is the mass holes, as Knappen likes to call them, are pouring all over the border from, um, you know, Massachusetts into yeah. New Hampshire, you know. So, uh, and they're doing the same thing. They're, you know, they're, they're concerned that they're infecting everybody. But, um, yeah, it could go on a little bit longer. Uh, I hate to see it from an economic standpoint. Um, will we move to a mitigation thing? I don't know. That's going to be, that's all politics. It's all politics. Um, you know, CDC is a political animal. Uh, everybody there basically serves at the, uh, you know, at the uh, uh, the pleasure of the of the government, so it it, it will move accordingly. Uh, will they do anything re- that's reckless and ridiculous? No, they won't. No, no. Because I know Trump's itching to get the economy started again, but I know the mainstream media is not. They could give a shit. They don't care if it goes ten years. So. No, they want it to. They want it. Yeah. the exact opposite way. Well, they're all still getting paid. Oh yeah, of you course. Know, yeah, all the political class yeah. and all the uh, elites. Sure. All, everybody's getting paid. all the bureaucrats are getting a check. Every one of the politicians is getting a check. All the media is getting a check, and they love it. And the media is actually making a lot of money right now. You know, I'm not a uh, socialist by any means, and I don't believe in redistribution of wealth. But I did a rant earlier this week. How about every billionaire take ten percent of their money and donate it towards this recovery? Well, there are less billionaires now than there were three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> but how about how about some of them uh, crack open their checkbooks? Yeah, uh, for the government, you know. Yeah, you know. So, hey, and you know, I've got a learning segment this week. Talk to me. Well, you know, rather than me try to bring it into perspective, I think I would turn it over to one of the greatest epidemiological minds in history, in order to give us an idea of what the perspective on all of this should be. Ladies and gentlemen, the late, great Dr. George Carlin. Because that's what Americans do now. They're always willing to trade away a little of their freedom in exchange for the feeling, the illusion of security. What we have now is a completely neurotic population obsessed with security and safety and crime and drugs and cleanliness and hygiene and germs. There's another thing, germs. Where did this sudden fear of germs come from in this country? Have you noticed this? The media constantly running stories about all the latest infections, salmonella, E. coli, hantavirus, bird flu, and, and Americans, are they panic easily, so now everybody's running around scrubbing this and spraying that and overcooking their food and repeatedly washing their hands, trying to avoid all contact with germs. It's ridiculous, and it goes to ridiculous lengths in prisons. Before they give you a lethal injection, they swab your arm with alcohol. It's true. It's true. It's true. Well, well, they don't want you to get an infection. And you can see their point. Wouldn't want some guy to go to hell and be sick. It would take a lot of the sportsmanship out of the whole execution. Fear of germs, why these pussies you can't even get a decent hamburger anymore they cook the shit out of everything now because everybody's afraid of food poisoning hey where's your sense of adventure take a fucking chance will you you know how many people die in this country from food poisoning every year nine thousand that's all it's a minor risk <laughs> take a fucking chance bunch of goddamn pussies besides what do you think you have an immune system for it's for killing germs, but it needs practice. It needs germs to practice on. So, so listen, so listen. If you kill all the germs around you and live a completely sterile life, then when germs do come along, you're not gonna be prepared. And never mind ordinary germs, what are you gonna do when some super virus comes along that turns your vital organs into liquid shit? I'll tell you what you're gonna do, you're gonna get sick, you're gonna die, and you're gonna deserve it because you're fucking weak and you got a fucking weak immune system. Now, hey, God damn it. Hey. 
right. Let me tell you a true story about immunization, okay? When I was a little boy in New York City in the 1940s, we swam in the Hudson River, and it was filled with raw sewage, okay? We swam in raw sewage, you know, to cool off. And at that time, the big fear was polio. Thousands of kids died from polio every year. But you know something? In my neighborhood, no one ever got polio. No one ever. You know why? Because we swam in raw sewage. It strengthened our immune systems. The polio never had a prayer. We were tempered in raw shit. So, so personally, I never take any special precautions against germs. I don't shy away from people who sneeze and cough. I don't wipe off the telephone. I don't cover the toilet seat. And if I drop food on the floor, I pick it up and eat it. I eat it. Yes, I do. Even if I'm at a sidewalk cafe in Calcutta, the poor section, on New Year's morning during a soccer riot. And you know something, in spite of all that so-called risky behavior, I never get infections. I don't get them. I don't get colds, I don't get flu, I don't get headaches, I don't get upset stomachs. And I, you know why? Because I got a good, strong immune system and it gets a lot of practice. My immune system is equipped with the biological equivalent of fully automatic military assault rifles with night vision and laser scopes. And we have recently acquired phosphorus grenades, cluster bombs, and anti-personnel fragmentation mines. So, when my white blood cells are on patrol, reconnoitering my bloodstream, seeking out strangers and other undesirables, if they see any, any suspicious-looking germs of any kind, they don't fuck around. They whip out the weapons, they wax the motherfucker, and deposit the unlucky fellow directly into my colon. Into my colon. There's no nonsense. There's no Miranda warning. There's none of that three strikes and you're out shit. First defense, bam, into the colon you go. And speaking of my colon, I want you to know I don't automatically wash my hands every time I go to the bathroom, okay? Can you deal with that? Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. You know when I wash my hands? When I shit on them. That's the only time. That's the o And you know how often that happens? Tops, tops, two, three times a week, tops. Maybe a little more frequently over the holidays, you know what I mean? And I'll tell you something else, my well-scrubbed friends. You don't always need a shower every day. Did you know that? It's overkill. Unless you work out, or work outdoors, or for some reason come in intimate contact with huge amounts of filth and garbage every day, you don't always need a shower. All you really need to do is to wash the four key areas. Armpits, asshole, crotch, and teeth. Got that? Armpits, asshole, crotch, and teeth. In fact, you can save yourself a whole lot of time if you simply use the same brush on all four areas. Two, 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 two.